Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. Yes, Bob, I am Ben Henry, and I am here with my brother, the esteemed and Captain Emeritus and champion of the National League West, Matthew. Matthew! Yes, sir. Which season... Of the Giants is your favorite season. 2021. Damn right it is! (laughs) How could you choose any other at this point? Right? I mean, I guess maybe if if it doesn't culminate in a World Series win, maybe we can discuss that. But for right now, 2021 is definitely my favorite season. Uh, Yeah. Now, 2021 is my favorite season, too. 1993? Who are those guys? Who are those guys? Bonds? Will Clark? (laughs) Who? What? Williams. (laughs) I mean, let's face it. Nobody knows who John Burkett is anyway. Just you. Just me. <laughs> You're the one just that knows he's a bowler. Me. I mean, come on. Yeah, nerd. just me. <laughs> Total nerd. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, this week, the Giants went a jaunty 5-1. and one. It, it it was fine, right, Matthew? It was fine. That one loss didn't feel like the end of the universe or anything, did it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> That's amazing, right? They went five and one this week. They won 107 games, yeah. and that loss uh, was one of the most miserable losses of the year. Oh, extra innings, everything just you know not going the way you wanted it to go, and then you know at some point the Dodgers were down by five or something like that, and then they were up by four, and they hit like a oh, zillion home runs and like. Two innings and... You know what? You know what? I do want to talk about that. I don't think we actually put this in our notes, but now that you mention it, I do want to talk a little bit about the opponents of the Los Angeles Dodgers this week. Um, <laughs> Your favorite because, team? Your second favorite team of all time? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, they 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 both stunk. Uh, one of them I knew had a reason to stink. They just, they were, they were obviously looking beyond the Dodgers. But those pot. But anyway, let's bash the Padres later. Let's get uh, anyway. The Giants. The Giants finished the regular season in a normal 162 games. Thank you very much. 107 and 55. One game ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers for the National League West division title. The first time in well snapping the Dodgers eight season win streak the last team to win the NL West title I believe was the San Francisco Giants damn straight in 2012 so you know the last time we won it we won everything so I say we repeat that uh, but anyway one game ahead of the Dodgers for that title also one game ahead of the Dodgers to lead all of the National League and one game ahead of the Dodgers to lead all of Major League Baseball for the regular season, the San Francisco Giants are the best team in baseball. 
for now and all eternity. <laughs> Nobody else is ever going to take them away. The Dodgers will never catch the Giants in 2021 in the regular season standings. It's not going to happen, no matter how much the press wants it to happen, no matter how many people write about it, no matter how much MLB Network wants it to happen, no matter how much Stephen A. Smith wants it to happen, no matter how much the guys at Sports Illustrated, I didn't even know that was still a thing. Sports (laughs) Illustrated? Are you kidding me? Do they still print that on paper and everything? Good question. I I know there's a website. I I don't know about the magazine. Who knows? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? The Athletic. Do you think they figured out that the Padres aren't good? <laughs> I wonder. We should go check the. Uh, we should go check the powers, the power rankings for the Padres in the Athletic to see if they're still uh, number two in baseball. <laughs> anyway, the point is, none of those teams are going to catch the Giants in 2021 because they have the best record in 2021. But not only that, the 2021 Giants own the best record in their own. 138-year history. One of the most storied teams in baseball, perhaps the most storied team in the National League, certainly the team with the most World Series titles in the National League, the only team to ever to refuse to play in the National League because their opponent wasn't good enough. (laughs) That team, the 2021 Giants, are the best version of it. And... Hold on, please. Because they won 107 games, I have to do seven shots today. So uh, this one is a pretty one. It's uh, see, Matthew, it's a little golden on the top. Yeah. So and you see how it's listeners right uh, on the bottom. A little background. Yeah, that's really pretty. He's got a two tone shot here. Uh, ben has been. Yeah, Ben has. You oh, tell he, him that well. Okay, so you he's going to shoot that. it. So Ben has been uh, concocting his. Uh, his libations over the last week and he got creative and he actually created shots that 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 have the colors of all the National League West opponents and he just downed a Arizona Diamondbacks looking uh shot it was uh what gold on the bottom and red on top it was red on the bottom red on the bottom gold on top which is pretty cool what did you what was in that then um it was a it was a golden whiskey I think it was actually a uh, mango flavored whiskey I chose it based on its color yeah um, and, uh, and then I had just a little bit of a raspberry syrup down at the bottom. All right. Um, well, so we had a lot of new listeners last week. So, uh, to catch you all up on, on our little, uh, bet here was that, uh, Ben said that if the Giants won a hundred games that he would, he would do shots. And then last week he said that they would, he would do an extra shot for every game they won over his 93 Giants of 103 wins. So 107. So my math is uh, four plus the three that he had already promised to do for, uh, for the 100 wins. So he has to do seven shots today. Now we do have a paramedic standing by, mm-hmm. and uh, um, if, if by the end he's slurring his speech and uh, is proclaiming his love for the Padres, we will know what what happened. Uh, we do want to say, don't try this at home. Ben is a veteran uh, drinker and uh, knows what he's doing. Professionals only. <laughs> and I will remind everybody, this is also a podcast, so you can't really see what's happening <laughs> at all. And Matthew's in uh, Sonoma County, and I'm here, and all he can see are colored glasses full of a liquid. So you all don't know what I'm doing, do you? Yes, 
yeah, this is not a this is not a healthy amount of alcohol to consume. And in fact, uh, well, I, I don't know. You know, I guess I'm supposed to go first anyway. Bob, hit me with a question. What are you drinking? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. I mean, I think Matthew already told you, Bob. So you know, um, I I don't you don't listen Bob to the show. Bob doesn't care. Do you? do you, Bob? <laughs> Oh, he doesn't. He really doesn't. But uh, well, anyway, uh, so yes, as Matthew said, I'm drinking seven shots. Uh, But what I tried to do this week was I tried to um, uh, theme each shot after after the four opponents of the San Francisco Giants. And then I have three special shots dedicated to the Giants themselves. Um, The one that I just drank was the was the uh, for the Diamondbacks. And that was... um, a little bit of raspberry syrup on the bottom of a one and a half shot ounce. So a one and a half ounce shot glass with, uh, and it had a little bit of raspberry syrup on the bottom and then a peach flavored whiskey uh, on top. And again, I chose that whiskey for the color, not for its taste. Um, that was not a good <laughs> shot. I don't like shots. I, I, I mean, the only reason you really drink shots is to get drunk. And, and honestly, and then, and then all these flavored shots is like, now you're just doing that. You're now you're just trying to hide the flavor of the nasty thing that you're drinking so that you can get drunk. You know, that is not, I mean, that's, it's the antithesis of a good cocktail. And so, you know, I definitely am not pro shot, but this is what we agreed to do and we're doing it for fun. And, and so that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. But one of the tricks that I'm doing here, folks, to make it through the show and to wake up tomorrow, which I definitely want to do, is a lot of these shots are actually liqueurs. And so what that allowed me to do is create some really pretty layered cocktails um, using the different colors of the Giants' opponents uh, to create cocktails in their honor, to create shots in their honor. Uh, and and because the liqueurs come in different uh, densities, like you have some, you know, very creamy liqueurs and then you have other spirits that are just more spirit-like that are lighter, you can create really cool and interesting layered cocktails. So that's what I've been trying to do today. And that's well, why... And, I, and the other... The other part of that is that a lot of the liqueurs are lower in alcohol content. So, Correct. Uh, Correct. The, so that that allows you to do more shots when you're using a liqueur that only is maybe forty proof versus something that's eighty proof. Correct. Yes, I would say so. Forty proof is about where a lot of the liqueurs that I'm drinking tonight are. Um, or and if I'm drinking a harder alcohol, they've been cut by something else, like the one that I just did here, which was a whiskey, but it was cut by the uh, uh, a nice layer of raspberry syrup because that's what looked cool in the glass. And uh, hopefully, we'll get some pictures posted of those. I, I did take a couple of pictures, and, and hopefully, they they come out okay. Uh, but yeah, that was the uh, that was the the Arizona Diamondbacks, and let's just go ahead and and I drank them first because they were the worst. <laughs> So now Rockies? Yeah, well, yeah, just 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 one moment, boys. God, you were bad this year. I don't know, did you lose today? Did they lose today? They had 110, 110 or 11 losses this season? My goodness. I know you had to play the Dodgers and the Giants a lot. And you know, people were kind of saying, "Oh, unlucky for you! You also had to play the the Padres. The Padres stink. They're above. They're below five hundred teams. So I, that's not an excuse." Diamondbacks. My goodness, what a horrible season that was. But now onto the Rockies. This one is probably one of my more potent drinks. It is creme de cassis mixed with vodka for a nice dark purple color. Yeah, that's pretty. In honor of of the Rockies' uh, predominant color, um, 
uh, Rockies, I saw that you hired your new GM. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Or something. <laughs> um, here's to another 25 years of futility. <laughs> With dashes of mediocrity. Yeah. And one miracle run into the playoffs. <laughs> Um, okay. That's two down. That's two down. Uh, Matthew, let's have Bob ask you the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, you know, I, I actually struggled with what to do today. And, you know, this weekend was, you know, at first I thought, well, I'll do a celebratory cocktail, but then I had doubts on whether I'd be able to celebrate before our Sunday night recordings. You know, maybe there'd be a game 163 and then I wouldn't have anything to uh, to 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 celebrate. So I kind of held off. And then today, this afternoon, when uh, we were, I think we were up 11 to 1 in the seventh inning, and I'm thinking, I think we might pull this off. You know, I mean, Zach Littell could come in and we could still win. Like, you know, that was that was my thought. So I felt like I should start planning a uh, a celebratory cocktail. So so when was I that, think of celebration, was that a was that a jab at Zach Littell? It was. It okay. was a jab at Zach okay. Littell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jose Alvarez, congrats, buddy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jose has moved off my list. <laughs> now it's Zach Littell. Uh, but anyway, when I think of celebrations, I think of champagne or sparkling wine. And so so I made a champagne cocktail, and I'm calling it a giant celebration. And and really, its main feature is that it's orange. And, and yes, I could have just done a mimosa, and it would have been orange, and I could have just been like, woohoo, giants. But I felt like I wanted to do something a little bit different. Woohoo, so, giants! <laughs> Woo-hoo, giants! Uh, so, so this cocktail has, uh, as its base, uh, an ounce and a half of lemon vodka. So I'm going the citrus route, and it's got uh, three quarters of an ounce of orange simple syrup. So basically, that's just orange juice, freshly squeezed orange juice with uh, equal parts orange juice and equal parts sugar, and um, uh, you know, kind of heat that over a flame and get it to melt, and then there's your simple syrup. My orange simple syrup. So three quarter ounces of that. I needed it to be a little bit darker, so I added a quarter ounce of blood orange syrup, which I just had from the grocery store. So that gave it a little bit of a darker orange uh, flavor or look. Uh, and then I added a half ounce of lemon juice, a dash of orange bitters, and I put that in a shaker with ice and I shook it all up and strained it, double strained it into a champagne flute. And filled it up to about three quarters of the way and then topped it off with uh, sparkling wine. And I actually happened to find an orange-based sparkling wine that was based out of, um, I, can't, I can't remember where, it, I don't think it was Italy, somewhere, not the United States. And it was an orange-based uh, 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 sparkling wine. So Spain? I added that because I... Was it Spanish? Seems like a Spanish maybe it was, thing. Maybe it, yeah, it does seem like it was Spanish. It could have been Spain. I, you know, I don't have the bottle in front of me. So, uh, but they do. Have, I found it when I was sitting there looking for the tiny bottles of champagne. To be honest, because I did not want a full bottle, and so I found one that just seemed like it was going to go well. And so I added that, uh, and and then I garnished it with sugared blackberries and sugared orange slices, and basically chose those because of the orange and black. 
And uh, and so that's that is my cocktail. And I actually got to tell you, I'm actually pretty pleased with this. I came up with this about in about 20 minutes and just started throwing together things that I thought would taste good, stuck into the citrus family because I felt like that was that, that was safe. It's a nice, strong, celebratory cocktail. Uh, you know, it was funny. I was laughing to myself when I added the bitters because I just put a dash of it. I was like, because there's been some bitter moments this season, right? I mean, you got to have a little bitterness with all that sweetness. And, uh, you know, so I, I felt like this was a really appropriate cocktail for to, to end this, this great season. So cheers to the Giants and to my Giant Celebration cocktail. Cheers. And you've got shot number three sitting there in your hand. I, I- I do, I do, but but before I do that, I do want to comment about your cocktail because I, I, I we we do have a, a lot of new listeners this week, and I I want to mention that uh, our, our cocktails are not usually this. Um, we don't usually choose our cocktails based off of the color of of the baseball teams right that is that is not usually how we do things uh and i would say that you know generally speaking i try to avoid flavored you know liqueurs and spirits and things like that and unless they're actually made from that item right like if it's a liqueur made from say you know creme de cassis which is like what the the black currant right it's made from that and so you know it's flavored like that and so that is its essence you know but like a a lemon vodka my my response to that is like why don't you just squeeze your own lemons and put it in vodka right and uh you know because you know then you as the mixologist you get to control the flavor yourself rather than and that that probably would have been a good idea but i i'll be honest i was panicking right right and i was at the grocery store and not even the store that i normally buy my alcohol and i just saw it and i'm like mm-hmm. that'll work and and really i wanted that citrus flavor with it and and really i i was trying to avoid vodka altogether because i have not done i don't think i've done a cocktail this year this is our 31st episode i don't think i've done one vodka based cocktail because basically vodka is just there to i mean it's flavorless it adds you know the alcohol and something else is usually the star and uh, and so I want, but this time I was like, no, I'm going for that. I'm I want the lemon vodka, and uh, wanted it to to See, be. But you didn't go that. even for vodka there. You went for lemon vodka. Mm-hmm. But here's my point. My point is okay. we don't usually choose cocktails based off the fact that they're orange. No. You know. Yeah. Or or no. that uh, that they look like. You know, I, I'm going to choose a peach whiskey because it looks like Sedona's or. Uh, sand or whatever the official <laughs> right. color is of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Sonona sand. I don't know. It's some yeah. weird color. That's anyway. true. And listeners, listeners, those who are new to our, our show, uh, we have a lot of traditional cocktails on our podcast where we get into some of the older uh, school cocktails. We've we've made our own based on certain events that have happened in the year. There's been a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, correct. We have. I don't think this is, I think this is the first time that we've actually chosen ones based on color, but uh but hey, you know, we're trying to be Well, in the spirit what I was going to say is what I was going to say is is that when you're celebrating, you know, uh, all that matters is that you um that you have a cocktail of some sort in your hand. And on that note, Matthew, I'm moving on to my third shot. Normally, we try to segue away from the cocktail speak, the the alcohol speak. We even put a, a, a little comment in the notes, the show notes. The person that writes our show notes always puts a line at the very bottom that says when we transition from cocktail speak to baseball speak. 
because I'm doing seven shots, that's not happening tonight, folks. I'm sorry. The, the alcohol, this is a fully alcohol-infused episode. It's going to be <laughs> happening all the way through. But this would be that traditional moment where we transition over to, uh, over to, to baseball talk. And I do want to start by talking about the team that is represented by the shot that I'm holding in my hand here. And as Matthew, you can see, it's 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 a brown on the bottom. Brown, brown on the bottom and a yellowish a yellow top. on the yeah. top. Uh, yeah. You might say it looks like, I don't know, what you might find in a certain small room in your house. <laughs> um, it does have that look to it, does it not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that fairly represents the San Diego Padres. The season they had... Uh, the emotions that they felt, and quite honestly, how I feel about them. Because, you know, this team was a talented team, and there were a lot of expectations placed upon them. And boy, did they not live up to those expectations, but at all. And I think one of the things, I I really, I'm angry at the Padres for, for a lot of reasons. But the main reason is people kept talking about the Padres like they mattered more than the Giants who were having a magical season for way too long. Past the all-star break, deep into August, people kept talking about the Padres as if there was some way that they were going to catch the Giants and were relevant and somehow in the same category or class as the Giants and Dodgers, which they clearly were not. So that's the first reason I don't like the Padres. The second reason I don't like the Padres is how they played at the end of the season, particularly over these last six games. Because, boy, did they just lay down and get steamrolled. And, you know, I I mean, those losses to the Dodgers were... If you paid any attention to it, and I think a lot of Giants fans did, those losses to the Dodgers were just brutal. They were absolutely brutal. And I think one of the most brutal things about them was how they were managed by one Jace Tingler. And I will tell you what, Matthew, you know, you said the Padres were not the kind of team to go out there and win one for the Tingler. Yeah. And I want to tell you that the Padres proved you wrong. This week, they won one for this the week, they won one for the tingler. <laughs> See, leave it to you. I was going to say, because I was listening to our podcast this morning, I was on my run, and I happened to listen to the part where you were all like, they're going to fight. They're going to be like, and I was like, no way. They're rolling over. And, you know, and then uh, so I was all coming in here thinking, I'm going to tell Ben that I was right. But no, I guess technically they won one for the tingler. They did. They won one. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he enjoyed it, because that's the last win he's ever going to get as a major league oh, manager. Serious. Uh, oh. Goodbye, Jace. Um, you know, we, we called it, I, I think I called it like five weeks ago when you had that awful series with the Dodgers, where you made some really questionable moves, my man. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i sure you're a fine gentleman. I'm sure you know great baseball. I'm sure you'll be in the game for as long as you want to be, but uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to give you a shot at the helm again. Um and uh yeah i but so, but yes matthew uh, my also my apologies to you i said they were going to come in they were going to fight they were going to be scrappy and except for uh the padre center fielder 
that turned out to not be true. But Grisham <laughs> played well, very great, played really well today. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Um, so but, what's in the Padre shot? Oh, what's in the Padre shot? It is a chocolate liqueur topped with a lemon liqueur. Oh, well, that actually uh, sounds promising. It, it, it is. This is actually a decent one. It, it's very uh, uh, flavorful. I mean, if you don't like citrus and chocolate, which some people don't, um, then this is probably not for you. But but m- many, many people do. So so um, and here's up. Bottoms up. Um, All right. Bottoms up to, and while you're, to you. And while you're bottoming up. While you're bottoming up, I want to remind you that the Giants are 52 games over 500. Uh, so that means they would have to lose 52 games in a row, and they'd still have a better winning percentage than the San Diego Padres. <laughs> and <laughs> that was my favorite thing about Friday night. You know, I'd ho- I was hoping that you know the Dodgers would lose on Friday night, and, and then I was like, how beautiful would it be to have every the the, the Giants go running out and celebrating. Um, and in my heart, they would be celebrating the fact that they secured a losing record for the Padres. <laughs> yes. Well, the Padres finished uh, technically four games under 500, with 79 wins. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was mind boggling. 52. We could lose 52 in a row and still have a better winning percentage yeah, than the San yeah. Diego Padres. Last, one last thing I want to say about the San Diego Padres before we move on from them, because this is not a podcast about them, but it is this. The San Diego Padres are still the San Diego Padres. But Matthew, yeah. this is a podcast about the San Francisco Giants. Exactly. And, you know, it wouldn't be, I mean, it is a podcast about the Giants, but I, I think, you know, the Giants, uh, the hero does is not, it's not a story, uh, does not have a story without a foil, right? And uh, and the Dodgers this week, you know, I think a week ago we said, oh, if they go 6-0, and and the Giants go four and two, then they would force a one-game playoff. And I'll be darned, the the, the Dodgers went undefeated, <laughs> uh, and and yet it wasn't enough. And uh, and I feel like just letting them get that close was almost better. I mean, it wasn't better at the time because I was like agonizing. But in retrospect, I like that they got so close and felt like that they could actually, you know, kind of maybe still have a control of the National League West. And then they didn't. And now they're, you know, what just makes me giggle is that they could, you know, they could have one off day and be done with after their second most wins in Dodger history, they could be uh, done after one game. And uh, uh, that makes me smile. Yes, and there would such be another bump in the road for the great Dodgers dynasty. Uh, every great hero needs a great villain to really show how great they are. And I think the Los Angeles Dodgers have been that villain this year. And I, I think what they really, really demonstrated, though, was was how really epically good this San Francisco Giants team was or is. Because because that Dodgers team, once the Giants got going and moved past them, that Dodgers team was playing catch-up the entire season. And yes, caught the San Francisco Giants, I think, for, what was it, 16 hours, 8 hours? I think it was less than 24 hours that they, they had possession of first place before the Giants tied them back up and then moved ahead in that head-to-head series. And I think what that demonstrated to me was just 
how good that San Francisco Giants team was because the Dodgers could just never catch them. The greatest team on the planet, the best team in baseball, the juggernauts who everybody said was going to win 116, 17 games this year and break the Mariners 2000 and what was it? 2001? Was it 2002? Anyway, the Mariners won a whole bunch of games in the early 2000s and the Dodgers were supposed to win more and they were going to, you know, and, and even then in that moment when when the Giants, when the Dodgers caught up to them, everybody said they were just going to roar past the Giants and and never look back. And this was the moment where we watched the Giants fade and they didn't. They didn't fade. They got better. And I think without the Dodgers there nipping at their heels, I don't think anybody really would have paid them much attention at all or really, you know, noticed how well they were playing. I think having the Dodgers there constantly nipping at their heels, constantly trying to catch up, but never being able to made this team one. I think it just made them better. Two, it made it way more interesting for the whole world to watch, and it made it way more fun. Yes, now that it's over, and and we have the crowd, and they don't, uh, made it made it much much more enjoyable. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, without the Dodgers being as good as they are, uh, this season's not nearly as much fun. And speaking of the Dodgers, they won 106 games this year. They tied the all-time best record when I think from two seasons ago of their franchise and could not. And they finished in second place. I know what that feels like. That's 1993 all over again. And folks, it don't feel good. And if they lose (laughs) that wild card game, they will never forget it. So I know it's, they probably won't, but if they do, Oh yeah, that's a pain that lasts forever. Me, John Burkett and Bud Black, we can tell you that's true. <laughs> John who? Anyway, you know, I, you know, the, the thing that really strikes me about 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 this is that, yeah, you were right. The Giants and I mean, this was one of the most epic season ending, you know, kind of pennant races that we have seen in our lifetime. And yet freaking the national media and ESPN and all of them are paying attention to the damn wild card, you know, Yankees and Red Sox, you know, <laughs> wild card chase and not paying any attention to the Giants and Dodgers. And it's just really frustrating. And I know there's the whole East Coast bias and I've lived on the East Coast and it's true, man. They don't, you know, the West Coast, everybody goes to bed before the West Coast even plays their games. So they're always a day behind. Yeah. They just don't care about the West Coast. And it's really frustrating when you're, you know, literally in the best pennant race of our generation and nobody's really even caring. And uh, but, you know, it ended the way it was supposed to end. So I'm I'm happy overall. Uh, you know, one of the things that has been really epic about this team and I, I keep reflecting back to our, our early episodes when we were still trying to figure out this team and hoping that they could get to you know, 500 or be a wild card contender, uh, which, you know, I had predicted 86 and we learned that 86 wins wouldn't have gotten them into the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Cardinals ended up winning more than that. Uh, but, but looking at like what we've accomplished this year, I mean, this team has rewritten the record books and it's amazing. Like some of the things that we've done and it is the only team in baseball history to get at least five home runs from 17 different players 
17. There's only like 14 offensive players on your team at any one time. And so so to get 17 different players to hit at least five home runs is is amazing. I had and five, then, Matthew. How many did you have? I, I had four. No, so, you, see, you didn't know, do it. Yeah, didn't no, do it. I, you know, I was uh, the Jalen Davis of, of the season. <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was. He was there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he, I don't. Did he even hit a home run? I'm assuming he hit a couple. Uh, but anyway, uh, the other the part on top of that, they are also the only team in baseball history to have as many as six relief pitchers throw 50 plus innings with a sub three ERA. Uh, so not only were we hitting for power, but our relief pitchers were really great over, you know, the ones that were, that were there for the long haul. Uh, you know, and then San Francisco led the national league in home runs and OPS and, and OPS is on base plus slugging. Uh, if there's a statistic that kind of points to where the game is nowadays, it's OPS, Right, uh, especially the way the Giants play the games. You work pitchers, you get on base, whether that's through the walk, but on base percentage is valued. Right, that's why that's why uh, Belt, you know, was valued at such a high level by, by this coaching staff is because getting on base, it, no matter how you get on on base, is the most important thing, more more so than batting average. And to lead the league in OPS really speaks to how good the Giants are. The starting pitchers had the third best ERA in baseball this season. Uh, and they were the best over the last 30 in the last month in September. The last 30 games the Giants played, they were 23 and 7, which translates into a 767 win percentage. And, uh, you know, which is mind boggling. I mean, you're winning over three quarters of your games for 30 games. Uh, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, their bullpen was best in baseball this season uh, by the ERA. Uh, and they were also the best over the last uh, month of the season, mainly because of Camilo. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Should we go back in time and tell um, Ben and Matthew from the opening day gut punch that that was going to be the case <laughs> at the end of the season? Do you think that would have I wish changed? We would. I wish we would because yeah, I, I agonized quite a bit. Over, I mean, poor, poor Alvarez. You know, I mean, we we hammered him for giving up those runs on opening day, and then, you know, he struggled for the first, you know, few weeks of the season. And I just like, I, I know I've already apologized, but uh, yeah, if I had known that we were going to have the best record or best ERA well, in the in the league, I, I would have been a little, little less harsh. Fair, sure. fair, but I would also say, how many of those guys that were on the opening day roster for the bullpen? were on the roster today. <laughs> That's I, true. It I, was I think, a work in progress, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a work in progress. One Jose Alvarez, he absolutely turned his season around, uh, but it was pretty rough going in that first month, for sure. Let's not forget that they uh, they were second in the league in blown saves um, during uh, for a significant portion of the season. Uh, th- 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 this bullpen turned itself around in short order, and I think you and I were definitely maybe overly harsh about some of them. But I think in terms of the overall quality of the bullpen on day one versus where it ended up, I don't know that we were too harsh. I I think it's really a testament to all of the work that both the front office and the coaching staff, both at the AAA level and, well, heck, across the whole organization, I'm guessing, and uh, at the major league level uh, did to make this bullpen better. They never stopped trying to make it better. And uh, and I think that's that's why it ended up being so darn good. But it's definitely been under the radar. 
Um, totally. Yeah. But anyway, you were well, about to talk about my favorite man, Camilo. Yes. Well, you know, I think Camilo's uh, addition at the end, especially his second go around with the team, or it might have even been his third, because I think he came up for a brief moment in time earlier in the season two or mid season. But the last month and and just the you know what he has brought to the team as far as confidence and swagger and fire, you know, it just it's it's been what I've been wanting all Hi-ya! along. I think it, at the at the at the uh, trade deadline, we were we were hoping for a Kimbrel or someone that could shut people down in the ninth. Because who said you know, that? We That's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. We don't need a Kimbrel. We don't we because just, we got come on. Uh, we got a Camilo. Well, we if, if we've gotten Kimbrel, we that means we never would have gotten Chris Bryant, right? That's right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Who says that sort of stuff? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's right. Don't don't go back and listen to our previous episodes. Uh, uh, you know, one of the other interesting factoids too was that this week uh well was it yesterday i think austin slater no yeah austin slater hit uh pinch hit, hit a pinch run. hit home run yeah. which was the 18th pinch hit home run by the giants this year which is a new major league record and uh, and again that goes to speak to the you know also you know to the five the 17 different players who hit five home runs the depth on this team the amount of power we have on the bench that could just, you know, come up and, and change a game with one swing of the bat is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yes. There's never been a team that can do that the way this team has done it. That's what makes this team good, Matthew. That's yeah. what makes this team good. That is why they won 107 games is because of the depth of this organization, not just at the 26 man roster, but the 40 man roster. And the team was explicitly built for that purpose, right? I, I think a perfect example of that is the journey of one Brandon Belt, right? You and I are big Brandon Belt fans. We, we talk him up all the time. We talked him up last week and probably jinxed the man's x-rays. But <laughs> sure, he'd already been hit by that pitch at that point in time. But still, we probably somehow had something to do with that. But anyway, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about first base and and how much depth they had at that position. And you and I both knew that that was really important because Brandon Belt has a tendency to get hurt, right? And so by having that depth at first base, they they were protecting themselves. And then yet, lo and behold, Brandon did get hurt a couple times, but one significant time when when he hurt his knee, right? And there was some question as to whether or not he was even going to be able to come back at all, right? They talked yeah. about him having surgery, and if he was going to have the surgery, he was going to have a much longer recovery time, and and that might have uh, put his whole season at jeopardy. He ended up deciding not to get the surgery, and then he comes back and he's even more amazing, right? And that was that was when they got into September and they, you know, had that epic pull away, well, or staying even with the Dodgers and and he did the whole captain thing and I think maybe just pushed himself I think he finally put himself at that great giant level, at least in the eyes of all the fans. Like Saber Saberheads like you and I, like we've always loved Brandon Belt. But I think what he's done with the whole captaincy, captaincy thing and the, you know, the uh, the, the the daddy stuff and and um <laughs> has really kind of put himself at as being uh, one of the all-time great giants. And, and I think he'll go down in history as one of the all-time great giant giants, even from the fans' perspective. But what was really interesting to me is that when he got hurt again and cracked his thumb, 
everybody reacted like it was this major, major blow. And don't get me wrong, it absolutely was. But the thing is, is the Giants were built to withstand blows like that. Because you have the kinds of people who can fill that void with people like Darren Ruff, Lamont Wade Jr., uh, Wilmer Flores. All kinds of people can play first base. And you have all of these great guys on the bench who can fill in. And the Giants have always been this season about that next man up mentality. And before you respond, though, I do want to interject really quickly. This season... There were 21 Giants who hit home runs, and you are correct. 17 of them hit five or more. The four men who did not hit five home runs but had at least one are Mike Talkman. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. He's not, he's not dead. He's not, he's not <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> it he's, feels like. He's on it feels the, like it. He's He's on the 40-man roster even now. <laughs> oh, he is. Okay. Oh, well, no, no he's him. not. Sorry. No, he's not. He's not. Is okay. he? Is he on the 40-man? I don't know. He's not on the 40-man. But he's on the He's on the roster. He's, he's still well, part he's, of the organization. Yes. Right? He still is. Yes. Yeah. He's still part of the organization. He hit four home runs. But really, didn't he hit six? <laughs> By subtraction? Didn't, <laughs> yes. Didn't Mike Talkman really hit six home runs? Yes. Because, yes. because he stole two. So I think I think there you know, we should give him an honorary an honorary six home runs. But anyway, Jason Vossler hit three home runs, and what a shot in the arm that guy was! I mean, yeah. we didn't even know who he was at the beginning of the season, and and he came up and all he did was play like an absolute pro. Every game that he was in, you never felt like oh this guy's a replacement player with him, right? right. And this is a guy who spent most of his season at the AAA level. And but but when he came up, you're like, I feel very confident in his capabilities that I know that he can get it done. That's a good and, point. I mean, he signed a major league contract and had never played in the majors. So Farhan Zaidi saw something in him. Interesting note is he came from the Padres. Uh, and uh, so I, I think it's interesting that, uh, yeah, we've had, I mean, guys like that have played significant roles. Um, yep. we, we remember times where they've played been clutch for us uh, yeah. this season. And there's two more. Okay. Ch- Chadwick Trump hit a home run. Okay. I mean, he's also not dead, but I guess you could rest in peace him too. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, and then today, the twenty-first man to get <laughs> one at least one home run became the first pitcher and perhaps the last, last pitcher, maybe, yeah, to hit a home run in the regular season. Logan Webb, Babe, Babe Webb, Logan yes. Babe Webb, and I, and I want to point out one important thing about that home run. That home run brought his home run total to one. Mm-hmm. And that brought and, and combined that with his win total, he got 12, 11 wins plus one home run equals 12 home wins. <laughs> and so therefore, Logan Webb met my original season guess that he was going to get 12 wins. And when you combine that with Buster Posey, who hit how many home runs did Buster hit? He hit 18 home runs this year. So between the two of them, they had 40 home wins <laughs> or win runs or whatever. And so they beat my estimate by 15 total. Just wanted to, to point that well, out. Well, and, and it's funny because, you know, you go back to our first episodes and we were talking about, you know, our expectations for those two players in particular. And we were both high on them. Yeah. 
Those are good. Those are good estimates. Yes, but but and so I felt like we were being generous to you know Webb had come off a great spring and uh, and Buster looked like he was finally you know healthy and so we were optimistic about what they could do for us and you know Webb especially looked really good in the spring Um, but then you know he got injured there was some you know he was struggled a little bit early on but second half Webb. Has been every is every good as any pitcher in in the National League, right? Right. And and yeah, who? I mean, it's crazy because we were like, oh, twelve wins. That's that's. I remember off offhand, you were like, I can't believe I said he was going to win. Well, 12 yeah, because I was I was I was I was I was very deep into my French seventy five that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you were I feeling. Said, and I was feeling, feeling generous, it. and I said I was going to do twelve. And as soon as the word came out of my mouth, I was like, that's ridiculous. He's not going to get twelve <laughs> wins. And. And uh, and he didn't. He cut eleven, but uh, but mainly he should be- have had more. Well, he should have he had more. Well be- enough. He had a lot he of no decisions. Well. He had a lot of no decisions, and then he was hurt for a significant period of time. Uh, and then after he came back after the injury, they really held him back. So uh, definitely should have had twelve wins, um, and probably had a should a lot more. Should have had a lot more. And so you know, um, but yeah, I think again a testament to how much this team exceeded expectations. Even those expectations that seemed uh, optimistic. Yeah. Well, speaking of Buster, you know, today when he had that that hit uh, that scored uh, you know a couple of runs early on, uh, he rounded first base and just was pumping his fist. I have not seen Buster Posey in the middle of a game that pumped up, maybe ever. Like I. I don't recall him ever like showing so much emotion after a big hit like he was uh, that that way today, and it was kind of cool to see. I, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, we're used to the Buster hugs at the end and you know all that, but I mean, for him to pump his fists and shout and and he was he was pumped. It was it was really fun to see well, Buster. This is, this is a pretty sweet one, I think, for a lot of reasons. But I think it's just sweet just because of how special this team is, how good yeah. it is. And I think, well, they don't want the season to end. I think they're ready. For well, sure, more. sure, for sure, they don't want the season to end. But I think also just because it's 107 wins, right? Yeah. And uh, and then to finally be able to call yourself division champions on top of that, it, it, it means a lot, uh, especially when it's uh, division champions over one um, evil Los Angeles Dodgers. And speaking of the evil Los Angeles Dodgers, I need to talk about. My third, fourth shot of the evening, um, because I'm we're we're getting a little bit deep into the episode here, and I need to make move. I need to move, and and so what I have here is a a a a milk based um, liqueur or spirit that is really a very nice uh, white, and it's also quite dense, so it sits very nicely at the bottom of the cup, and I just top this off with. I went purely for color here. I, I I knew I was taking a risk, and so I just topped this off with creme de cassau or creme yeah, and uh, creme creme de curacao. Creme de, no, what am I saying? Blue curacao, creme de cassau. That's not even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, come on, forgive me. I'm about to do my fifth shot. Come on, you know. You're forgiven. Uh, anyway, anyway, I will say it's pretty. It's it, got pretty. It's dodgy very blue. pretty. It's very pretty. That's about all it is. I'm gonna. I'm. This one might make. This one might make me. Anyway, here we go. Let's all right. Speak. Oh, that was not good. <laughs> that was like drinking pure dodgerness. <laughs> 
Oh, it started to curdle a little bit. Oh, no. Just at the top. And you drink it anyway. You're, you're a team guy. Oh, yeah. Are, no. you, are you chasing it with water? Are you are you seriously judging me right now? Are you judging me? A little bit, yeah. Of course, I'm not the one making drinking these things. So. Uh, <laughs> darn right I'm chasing it with water. <laughs> Folks, I also ate a lot of food right before we did this. And yes, I'm chasing these with water. <laughs> That's true. You, you had a big old burrito ahead of time. Like that was strategic. That was. It was good. a strategic maneuver. I'm no. Yeah. I'm no rookie. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, and if I am, I'm like a. I'm like a Vossler type rookie. <laughs> anyway, Matthew. All right, all we, right. It's enough talking about the past. We we yes. got to talk about the future. Well, the Dodgers and Cardinals are are meeting on Wednesday to decide who gets to face the Giants in the National League Division Series. So my question to you is, who would you rather face, the Dodgers or the Cardinals? <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I don't care. I don't care. I, I think this San Francisco Giants team is good enough to beat either of those teams. They've already beat the Dodgers tw- twice in two different ways, right? Right. They, they've had a better overall record. Uh, against all of the common opponents as as the Dodgers arguably a, a tougher a tougher record tougher season because the Giants had to play the A's uh and more than the Dodgers did and and you know they went 10 and 9 and they beat them in uh in the in the division chase right so i i think i think of all the teams in the National League the team that is least intimidated by the LA Dodgers is the San Francisco Giants. And I think the LA Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers know that the World Series this year lies through San Francisco. They've known that for a while. I think if they had to choose the last team that they would want to play in terms of ease of, of victory, it's the San Francisco Giants. Yep. But at the end of the day... Uh, if you're asking me, I think on paper, clearly you'd want to face the Cardinals. I, I think clearly the Cardinals are the inferior team, especially over a five-game series. Yes, they got really hot there at the end. I think a large part of that was, you know, just baseball quirkiness. Yes, they're a good and talented team. Yes, they deserve to be in the playoffs. But I think at the end of the day, they're the easier team. So if you're asking me if the, which team do, do I think is easier and is more beatable, it's definitely the Cardinals. They are by far the weakest team in the NL playoffs, without a doubt. But, yeah. you know, um, at the same time, the Cardinals and Giants have a lot of playoff history. Oh, and yeah. And I just, I just, I don't know. Do we need more of that? Do we need more of that? This would be the first time the Dodgers and Giants had ever faced each other in the playoffs if you exclude the old three-game uh, playoff to... Right. Technically know, part of the regular season. Technically so, yeah, part of the regular season that year, yes. Uh, because they didn't play. Uh, they didn't play those things um, back then when Bobby Thompson hit his home run. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks bring on the Dodgers. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you that the Cardinals are the preferred team and talent wise. I mean, you, you know, you you want an easier path. It's probably the Cardinals. But I'm not scared of the Dodgers. And I know the Giants aren't. 
And and frankly, I think I think the Dodgers, I think the Giants might be in the Dodgers' heads a little bit. And yeah. and because they know that the Giants have beaten them. And we were looking up the records of the Giants and the Dodgers against all the National League playoff teams. The Dodgers <laughs> actually have a winning record against every uh, playoff National League playoff team except the Giants. And the Giants actually have a losing record against every National League playoff team except the Dodgers. And so... Uh, not, you know, th- not, so not, maybe we should be saying, bring on the Dodgers, right? We can beat them. That is that is true. Not entirely true. They are three and three against the Braves. Oh, that's yes. Okay, they don't have a winning record. They right? don't have a winning yeah. record against any of the other teams in the NL playoffs except the Dodgers. They are they have a losing record against the Cardinals, a losing record against the Brewers, and they were three and three against the Braves. They, the only team they're better than was the Dodgers this year. Um, but I then mean, you know, of course, that's in a regular season. You've got you know, you've got lots of things going on. Now we've got you lined up our three best starters. It's a whole different world, right? You've got your best team playing against. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, I, I them. think so I, I think I'm not scared of any of these National League teams, but I I feel like yeah, I want to pl- let's play the Dodgers. Why not? Yeah, I think I think let's give the world what it wants. And, totally. Uh, you know, and 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 in many ways, you know, the Giants will be the underdog once again, and they've got nothing to lose. And I think that's when the 2021 Giants excel is yeah. when and and we have the home field advantage, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, why not? Let's let's play the Dodgers. I will drink to that. All right. So what is this? This is a this is one of your homages to the Giants. Well, yes. So actually, I have three shots here. As you if you can see them, they are oh oh. So listeners, he's got three. One is yellow, orange rather. One is black, and one is white. That's right. And so I'm going to go ahead and start with the the white one, which is that same uh, milk-based uh, liqueur, leche merengada. Easy uh, for you to say. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, but it's uh, you know it's it's milk-based. Uh, so well, in we any any bottle that has a cowbell on the bottle. <laughs> I, I think is worth doing a shot with for sure. Yeah, this is that that brand that has the cowbell on it. I, I did I did buy the little sh- the little bottles because I didn't want to buy large bottles of any of these things because they're all so. You know. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't want to pass judgment. Bottoms up. Here here right. here's to all the Giants fans whose favorite Giants color is is the cream white. All right, that's shot number five. Mm. Um, it's, n- it's not really that great, but it's not horrible. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. So, so who do you who? So you were saying you want the Dodgers? I want the Dodgers. Why right. not? Because yeah. uh, you know, give yeah. To your point, give them what we, give everybody what they want. I mean, this is this is a season for the ages. If we're gonna earn this World Series title, let's go through the best. Let's right. let's let's ignite this rivalry You're and, and take right. it to another level. If this if it does, it's got to go through. It's got to go through the Dodgers. Then we got to take down the Brewers, because that's the Giants' kryptonite this year. And then yes, if you're gonna just take down the best and you want some, a piece of history, then you're absolutely right. It's got to be the Tampa Bay Rays <laughs> in the World Series. Oh, one of those is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be Dusty Baker and his Astros, or if you oh. really wanted it to be have that historic flair, it could be the Yankees. <laughs> but if you want Giants, the best, Yankees, Giants, Yankees would be fire, man. That would be, that would be fun. Yeah, but one of those teams stinks. Yeah, well. All right. Well, so speaking of the National League Division Series, so you know, there's going to be some roster changes. 
Uh, we've been going through September with a 28-man roster. Mm-hmm. It's got to get brought down to 26 for the playoffs, back down to normal. Uh, we we pretty much, since, since Belt is on the IL, the guys that finish the season are pretty much going to be the guys that are on, you know, that are on the offense for us. Um, but the bullpen, I think, is the one where there's some interesting choices to be made. And, you know, well, first of all, you know, we're going to go with four starters, right? So generally in the playoffs, you you don't need a fifth starter. So we've got our four. We've got Gosman, Webb, uh, Wood, and Desclafani. Uh, maybe in that order, maybe not. And... But then with the bullpen, I think that there are six guys that are a lock out of maybe eight spots, right? So there's Rogers and Duvall and Alvarez and Garcia and Leon and McGee if he's healthy. It sounds like he's healthy, and I feel like they'll bring him back. Yeah, it sounds like he's uh, healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so that leaves two more spots for basically three pitchers. And I'm going to give you three pitchers, and I want you to tell me who your guy, who's the out for you? Who's the one that's not making the the, the postseason roster? Okay. We've got Kervin Castro, mm-hmm. we've got Zach Littell, mm-hmm. and we've got Johnny Cueto. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Johnny, you know, the fifth starter, getting moved into the bullpen, not uncommon, right? You need a long guy sometimes, someone to come in and eat some innings if things don't go well. Uh, but... But, you know, he's been injured and he's our fifth starter. And maybe there's, you know, Kervin Castro has pitched well. Zach Littell has pitched well at times. So to you, who, who's the odd man out there? Zach Littell. But first, let me think on it while I take a shot. <laughs> what shot are you drinking now? You mean which shot did I just drink? Yes, yes. As I was asking, you were down in it. <clears throat> it is a black coffee liqueur. So ah. not it's like uh, there's many of these, but there's like one called Mister Black out there. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of like new, also new cold brew liqueurs out there. Um. So this is not your. This is not. This is not our mother's. It's not Kahlua. This is not our mother's <laughs> Kahlua. No, 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 no. <laughs> um. It's very sweet. Um. I think it's about uh, it's about a forty proof liqueur, and um, I must I bet that would be really good in a lot of different cocktails <laughs> as as a mixer. <laughs> uh, you know, as a shot, it was um, it was kind of sweet. It was, yeah. it was very sweet. Um, but yeah, I'm also starting to I can't really see my screen anymore. But I heard you say <laughs> Zach Littell, and I know what you're asking me if you're saying his name, and he's out. Why would he? Why is he the odd man out? Because he. Because well, have you seen his recent outings? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have. Exhibit one. <laughs> okay. Now exhibit right. C. But they keep running him out there. I mean, they have. They obviously have confidence in him. Okay. So. I mean, they have. They, okay. Okay. They had confidence in uh, not letting their pitchers ever face a lineup three times last year. They had confidence in, uh, you know, using so many players that they ran out of them and had to have pitchers bat in the eighth and ninth inning, sometimes this year. Gabe Kapler does not always make the right choices, Matthew. I know. I know. So, so I'm saying... He's gonna, do you think... Do you, so it's one thing for us to say Zach Littell should be the odd man out. Do you think he will be? Uh... 
I feel like no. I feel like it's going to be Castro that's going to be the odd man out. I could see Cueto also being left off. I like Cueto. Here's why I like Cueto. I like Cueto because, one, he's there in case one of your starters tanks or gets hurt, right? So you have a situation where one of your starters gets hurt early in a game or just has a disaster of an inning, right? I like where they they could do exactly what they did the other day where they brought Cueto in and he pitched really well under those circumstances when, when, when Casimir had that, that nightmare of a start to a game. Oh my gosh. Um, when Casimir had that game, they brought in Castro to, to clean up his mess Yep. and then pitched the next inning. And then they brought in Cueto and Cueto, what, four innings, three innings? No, four innings? no, he went like two and a third, but that was only because, uh, Bryant misplayed a ball out in the outfield and it kind of prolonged it, it, but he didn't go that long. He went like two and a third. Okay. Well, anyway, he pitched well enough uh, for did. an extended period of time that that it um, that it you know. And so I could see them you wanting Cueto on the roster for that particular reason for situations like that. The other place where he would be really good is in extra innings. And and what you can do with what what he allows is he allows Gabe Kapler to be Gabe Kapler in the first nine innings because Gabe Kapler cannot help it he loves to use all of his toys right as early as he can in games and he sometimes loses track of the fact that extra innings is a possibility in baseball it's not guaranteed that you're going to go nine innings and and because of that he ends up in situations where he runs out of players and i think by having cueto and just by saying oh i can never bring cueto in because if i bring cueto in that means i'm doing something wrong Right. So so then Cueto is available for extra innings. So you can just bring him in and just say Cueto, it's Cueto's game uh, until the game is over. So I like him for that point. I like him. I like having Cueto in those two scenarios. That's why I want him on the roster. And then it's a four man rotation uh, besides Cueto. Now, remind me, you say you say the extra innings. Now you've jogged something in my memory. So there's no man on second. In the playoffs, to start. To... <laughs> oh, Matthew, you're you're so cute when I'm drunk. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, there is a man on second in the playoffs. Okay, the rules are the I somehow, rules. Somehow, I, I somehow I had uh, had it thought that maybe it was different. You would hope. You would hope that hoped, it would be different yes. in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. No, you would hope that real baseball would be uh, be played in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, why not, right? Why no. would you? Yeah, all right. Well, why why, oh. why would you play fake baseball? Okay, so in your world, Zach Littell's out. I got to agree with you. I think that Zach Littell has played himself off the roster at this point. He's not. Uh, everyone else is pitching very well, to be honest, yeah. and and he's been the one that has struggled. So I think you got to go with the most recent thing. And and Cueto, to your point, yeah, can go those long get get you through multiple stretches of innings. You need that guy, you know. Yeah. And it's not going to be Sammy Long, you know. We haven't even put him as an as an option. So, you know, I think that uh, he's still you know, on the he, forty man. He's still on the forty. Well, he got so brought I, up. He got yeah. he got brought up. He's actually he was on the active roster today. Oh, was he? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Just, so uh, and and so for everybody who is on the forty man roster is eligible for the entire postseason, but you set your roster at the beginning of each um, series. series. Yeah. There's also some special rules around injury. I don't know how those work, um, but there are some special rules where even if somebody gets injured, you can, like I think, at one time make a one-time change or something. Mm. I don't remember, but, but that does exist. Um, but yeah, if you're on the 40-man roster, you are eligible for each uh, postseason roster. 
So that's who I would pick. Yes, Zach Littell. But more importantly, Matthew. Yeah. If that's the bullpen and one Jake McGee is back, is he your closer or no? Hmm. Well, I I think clearly Tyler Rogers is the closer. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I mean, I mean, okay. Look, look. Uh, uh, if, if you want to give Giants fans ulcers and uh, heart attacks, let's put Tyler Rogers there. I love Tyler Rogers. I'm a Tyler Rogers fan. I'm always in his corner, but I know you are not talking seriously. Uh, no, I am not. I. I, I love Tyler Rogers too. I just don't love him in the ninth inning. In the so, ninth inning. Yeah, the Giants so, don't either. That's pretty clear. So, yeah, God, that's a good question because my heart says Duvall. And, and I feel like Duvall gives us our best chance of winning. And, and so why wouldn't you go with the guy with, that has I, I don't, has he, I don't think he's allowed to run since he's come back. And he has, uh, you know, just pitch lights out and show no fear. And he's come into situations where he has been the guy uh, to get the Giants out of some really tough spots and perform great. And, you know, and, and just his mix of fastball and slider uh, versus McGee's fastball. Like, I just, I feel like Duvall should be the guy. Having said all that, I, I could see Kepler sticking with McGee, but... But I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's old school Giants thinking kind of seeping into my head because, you know, the, the Giants now are all about, you know, matchups and statistics and Duvall kind of checks off all those boxes. So yeah, maybe it's Duvall. I don't know. What do you think? It better be Duvall. <laughs> it Clearly, he's be... the best option. Yes. OK, look, Jake McGee has one pitch. It's a fastball. Camilo Duvall also has a fastball. One of these fastballs is better than the other. Yeah. Hint, it's not Jake's. Hang on, I got to drink this orange shot. All right. I literally just banged my head on the wall when I did that. <laughs> Threw your head back too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that so- actually was just orange soda mixed with vodka. Is that right? Yeah, I, I I tried using like an orange liqueur and I just didn't pop enough. Yeah. And then and then I forgot to replenish that orange liqueur because then what I thought is okay, what I'll do is I'll use that orange liqueur, and I will top it off with some orange soda to just boost the color. Yeah. Uh, but then I forgot to refresh that orange liqueur, uh, and by or it's like a special orange liqueur that actually comes colored orange, not like uh, not like our favorite. Um, Quantro. Uh, Quantro, which is a triple sec like uh, orange yeah. liqueur, which is actually pretty clear. It's almost it's, clear. yeah, it's very clear. Uh, yeah. So um, so yeah. So I, this one is a um, the, this one was a, a special. I can it's, it's a different kind of liqueur. It's not like it doesn't call itself a triple sec. Anyway, okay. it comes in this weird shaped bottle with these three like orbs and some, I don't know. Anyway, it it, it, it yeah. It was one of these right. novelty things where the bottle's more interesting. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so that's ma- mainly um, orange soda mixed with vodka, and that's mostly vodka. <laughs> 
Well, that was so, shot number seven. That was shot right? number seven. <laughs> and I'm feeling it. I, I, the, <laughs> what I'm realizing is, is that by letting it stretch out this long, my max, my max intoxication might happen after the show is over, which is fine. <laughs> that way oh, I won't get boy. myself into trouble. I'm already feeling as it is. Uh, but, but anyway, back to Doval. And 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 McGee, I, I I mean, as I was saying, I, Duvall has that awesome fastball. He also has that two pitch mix. He has that second pitch that you and I were talking about last week or two weeks ago, maybe, where we were, were talking about Mariano Rivera and and Rob Nen and Trevor Hoffman. They all yeah. had this good fastball, but they also had a different pitch that well Mariano's case it wasn't a breaking ball necessarily it was just another fastball but but it, it they had a different look that they could give you that was somewhat of a movement a pitch with movement yeah that was really really wicked and that is Doval's slider and 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 that two pitch combo that he has is super effective and he has demonstrated that even though a batter knows those are the two pitches that he has he can move them around in the zone he can work them to any place you never know if one's going to be in your face or dipping down and away and and he just is a better tougher more uncomfortable look he is a closer and yeah i agree he's only been doing it for 3 or 4 games but this is the guy we've been looking for and I would much rather I would much rather have him get into trouble late in a game than watch Jake McGee get into trouble late in a game because 100% you know I I mean at least that way you know we know that you know we're putting our a young guy who who can at times look like a great closer rather than an old guy who's really just you know kind of up there Living or dying, pitch to pitch. You know what I mean. And and I love Jake McGee. I think he brings a ton of moxie. But sometimes I think that's all he's got when he goes out there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob's got a question for you, Ben. Hit me, Bob. Are you drunk, Bob? I'm really drunk. <laughs> Bob, will you walk me home tonight? <laughs> Bob, Bob's calling you an Uber. And and uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, we're getting to the end of the hour, actually over the hour. And so we probably need to wrap this up. Do want to mention to our listeners our playoff kind of uh, schedule here as we go forward. The plan is that, you know, over the five, like the National League Division Series has two two games at, the, at San Francisco, an off day, two games in to be determined and an off day and then back to San Francisco for the fifth game if needed. Uh, we will we will do we will publish our podcasts on the off days uh, around there. And if we happen to win or lose before then, then we'll we'll try and get a podcast out the very next day. So a couple more podcasts uh, than usual this week. They probably won't be as long. Uh, our cocktails will probably be a little simpler, if not reruns, maybe some revisiting of our favorites over the course of the, the season. And then we'll get right into Giants talk in the playoffs. So that's kind of what we're going to so look for us on off days during the playoffs. Hopefully it's a long run. Hopefully we have uh, more than a couple of, uh, of more podcasts left in us on the season. And uh, looking forward to, to, to seeing what comes this next, uh, this next week and a half or month. Really, They're going to have right? to put up with us until November. November 3rd, Game 7. And then we'll do a podcast after that. 
Of course. Of course. All right. And, you know, some of you uh, listeners have uh, found us on Twitter. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think, you know, we're having a lot of fun on Twitter, uh, especially on Game Times. Uh, so join us uh, at Giant Cocktails. Uh, you can also see us on Instagram at, at Giant Cocktails. Uh, ben has actually been, I've seen him on Twitter a little bit at, at Watch Ben Fail and uh, both at Twitter and Instagram, Watch Ben Fail. Uh, so join us there, follow us, and. Uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully celebrating some more Giants wins. Ben, until then, uh, it's been fun, buddy. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. <laughs>